This is TV8 by Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Tonight, TV8 by Dinner is proud to present the long-awaited return of What's His Face. You know, that other guy, remember? He was on the show before. Sometimes. I want to say his name was George. Definitely a G word. Griff, maybe. Or crew. What about Grub? Grub's a name, right? Welcome back to the show, Grub. I'm sure you were missed. In the year 2007 AD, DarkCrazy.com launched the last of its eight dimensional probes. Theorizing that one could save the world with the teachings of pop culture, Dr. Sean, but Gilberto stepped into the TVAMB accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself in a dimension not of sight but of sound, existing in an imaginary non-space called the interwebs. His only guide on this journey is Greg, the gruff co-founder of the project, who appears in the form of a voice Sean can only sometimes hear. They are often accompanied by other travelers on the seas of fate, such as Hazel Lynn, Scary Gary, Tracy Luna, and others. I'm Ron, an experimental robot built by Sean to be his constant companion. We've been running ever since, leaping from life to life, pointing out things that once went wrong, in movies and TV, in this strange wild adventure inexplicably known as TV ate my dinner. You're listening to TV ate my dinner. Tonight, we have the return of Greg. Dun, dun, dun. And Lynn's with us as well. Just to witness the carnage. We have, yeah. I know. I have. My character has been assassinated uh, over the past. Uh, Greg's a little wound up tonight, folks. But uh, you know, I'm I'm okay. I'm a big boy. I can take it. I don't think so. I, I think you're here. Actually, almost literally assassinated on the Facebook. <laughs> I was a bit shocked. I woke up one morning and it's like Sean's dead. dead, and I'm like, for what? A minute. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was a bit put out. And then I realized that Sean doesn't live in an apartment. This can't be real. Well, you'd also just talk to me. as like, <laughs> I probably know before Greg well, at this point. I, well, I, I hope you would know that I did not actually kill Sean. I would not kill Sean. Well, you didn't open with I killed Sean. You opened with Sean was pronounced dead. <laughs> and then you like, said apartment. something weird about a velvet rope. And most of the people on the Facebook don't even listen to the show. So they're like, what the hell is he going on about? <laughs> That's just the way. And because you didn't post it as Greg, you posted you right, it as TV Ain't My Dinner. Right. So I'm like, is this TV Ain't My Dinner saying this, or is this just Greg? Yeah, isn't exactly what I'm getting at? That's why I do it that post way. things, and people think that's the voice of the show. 
that that is a note that I will that I will. It's take, just the dusky I, baritone of discontent. That, but that is a note I will take. I'll, I'll post stuff on TV at my dinner and then put my opinion as me. I, I should do that. I try to make sure of that because I noticed that too, where I'm trying to answer something and I'm and I've accidentally switched over as TV ate my dinner and like, oh god. Sometimes we talk to each other as TV ate my dinner. Yeah, it's like we're talking to each other both as the same persona. It's like this is the weirdest <laughs> website I've ever been on. <laughs> oh, these guys. So I will do that. I will do that. So that's good. It's weird because good, now it settled. seems like more people. That, that will be me stepping Facebook over on the other replaced... side of the velvet rope. It has replaced the forum in a way because we there are more people that seems like that are posting things on the Facebook site. Well, I figured the forum that would actually happen Facebook. because I mean this, that's what more people are on. It's Facebook is just more ubiquitous now. So I guess I, the forum has more of a of a format that I like though because we can maintain the various conversations, whereas Facebook is just one sort of continuous stream. I mean, I know that they're all comments, like like the, the, they're all threaded together. But I mean, Facebook is a, just a, a just a big mess. Like it's, it's an unindexed. Old man Gilberto doesn't like Facebook. It's true. Well, you know, I've I've kind of wanted to. Of course, I yeah, you know, I know you guys like the forum and everything, but I would like for people to to move over to something that we can track a little better. Because I, I, I I know you say that like you know. This is a forum, and it's not really a show. But I like to know how many people listen, and how many people are viewing, and how many people are, you know, just. You are, know how are, many people are on the forum, Greg? It has little numbers down the yeah, bottom. Yeah, the forum is is pretty easy to track. I, what I wish we could track is through Libsyn is our carrier, and they'll give us stats on you know how many downloads we get. But I could never tell. I wish I could. I wish that that it it was a little bit more detailed. It might just be me downloading it fifteen times. Well, yeah, it's like three of those are me just making sure that it posted. Yeah. <laughs> so you can throw out a handful of those of just me clicking things. I wish there were a way to know that some someone did something other than just clicking it. Like, I wish you could actually know. Like, there was, at some point, they had numbers for subscribers, and you could tell this is how many people actually want to download the show immediately when it comes out. And that was better, but their stats were never that accurate. As far as that kind of stuff was concerned, I was like, well, that's kind of dumb then, because that's all I really care about is to know who is consistently listening. How many? You know, we get a better idea from the people who actually write in as a percentage. But you would assume most people who would listen to a show don't write in, is my assumption. Yeah. So I would think if we have a fairly vocal minority of, of interested parties, then that, that's got to represent a decent number of people who just listen to the show and are content to it's simply like listen. It's like cockroaches. Well, that's another thing I like about Facebook. It's like Facebook. cockroaches. If you see one of them, there's a hundred you know, underneath the fridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's another thing I like about Facebook. It's, it's such a passive way of commenting on things that um, that – it makes it easy for people to comment. Passive and aggressive so, for some people. Well, yeah. yeah well. Mm, some would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like Facebook. <laughs> One good but, thing that Facebook has is that you're already on Facebook. Right. Well, presumably, you're already on it, and then you can just click over and see what's going on with TV at my dinner. Like, for me, that's definitely the case. Like, I'm on it, I get the notifications, and I can jump over and have either post a comment or have a little conversation with people on the Facebook for TV at my dinner, whereas the forum, you got to go there. You don't really. Is that what happened, Thomas? 
but you don't have to log into the forum. You can, as a guest, simply post comments. Is that Thomas posting on the forum? It's Thomas doing his little tap dancing. <laughs> but um, I should have named that dog Sammy Davis Jr. That would have been awesome <laughs> if I'd known. He's blind Poor Thomas. I know. He just lost one eye. Don't it would have been even better. Um, but but I don't know. It goes back to our sort of compartmentalized way of doing things. We try to maintain a presence in any single place that any single person might visit. So it is true that and these days there's all these Facebook haters who won't go on the Facebook and they're like, "You better post it on the Google Plus because I'm not going to see it on the Facebook." Yeah, but those Google uh, Plusers, but, you know, I've I think not, a lot we have of those people heard, have found their way back to Facebook. I, we haven't heard anything from Google Plus. There's not one person I can, if I can remember, I'm not sure that we've had an exchange with anyone on Google+, Plus, whereas some people do post on the Facebook and some people do occasionally correspond with us on Twitter. My sister and, likes and, it because Google+, Plus is just a bit more private. Yeah, but that doesn't help us because we're friend. the opposite of private. Well, you know, it's... <laughs> it doesn't help a yeah, public well. enterprise like our show. Well, I, you know, I agree with that. Actually, I like, I like the features that Google+, Plus has where you can sort of break up your friends list into into groups and that kind of thing to where Yeah, well that's where I get yeah. all the I got all the baby photos from that so she doesn't want to Yeah, but she you doesn't can, want to you put can them make on Facebook your Facebook see her baby. But, but, but your you Facebook know Facebook made it to the market can't. first and that's why they're on top. So Well, no, MySpace made it first. Facebook no is, an, is an anomaly. What Facebook had was a working infrastructure first. Like MySpace was there first, but every time you did, there was an unexpected error that wasn't entirely unexpected. Well, that, that wasn't the most user-friendly thing in the world. To customize your pages, expected you had to error. use HTML. And yeah, but you're not even stuff. allowed to customize your Facebook page. Well, At least if you got the HTML, you could customize your MySpace page. Well, somehow that's okay. I don't, I don't, don't, don't ask me why. <laughs> well, yeah, they hit on a formula of well, nobody simplicity. Nobody wants to customize their Facebook. Is what happened, yeah, because they removed that. It just sort of homogenized everything. It made it easier for people. Well, I guess that's probably what it is. It made everything easier for the everyman who, who doesn't want to fool with the code and that kind of thing. Yeah, so there's that. So we do that a lot. I like, fa- I like no our code. Facebook in, in that people will correspond with our Facebook, but they'll also sometimes just like like friend me on my own Facebook. So, so it is sort of a reaching out more than some of our other well, and also, you know, it, I I would very much like to get serious about marketing this program. I, I mean, and I say, I say that a lot, but, you know, and I haven't done anything What's to back it up. What's the market? It's just a couple people chatting. Well, yeah, I know, we, we but, don't but have I mean, that. I would I like to. We, have we promise you high quality appeal. sitting around. What I'm saying is I'd like for, to, for our user base to get, or our listener base to get bigger. I'd like to reach out to more people who would potentially enjoy what we do, but well, I do and, think and there's a strangeness a, to the way we approach things that uh, there's not a real broad audience for us out there. Well, I think there's a fairly, you know, fairly good size audience out there if we if we talk to them. I mean, and that's kind of like you know we're going to Dragon Con this year, and and yeah, I did know, want I'm, to mention that I will be at Dragon Con. Oh yeah, so well, well and I haven't bought You're my. You're gonna be handing yet. out flyers. You better, God. I, I don't know that it can you get better. any more expensive. Otherwise, it's Sean like, will get. I'm just Sean saying, like the price just keeps going up. I know, it's like 85 and, and, bucks to and buy it made one me mad right the, the other day because I put off buying it a few days, and I went to go do it, and I missed the cut. And it went from 85 to 100 bucks. I'm like, God, Shit. see, that's what I'm saying. Oh. What? Where do you get off, Dragon really? Con? 
it blew me and the hotels are full already yeah i'm glad i already booked a room at the holiday inn two miles away from the event oh you did book a room oh cool yeah sounds like greg staying in sean's room (laughs) well well, let me me see how my year goes Uh, you know i may go halvesies on you with that because I, I, I kind of like to go down there and stay, too. You might be going quartersies with me. Oh, Rusty uh, and, and uh, Russ are apparently also going. So anyone else out there on TV and make my dinner land who can make it to there? <laughs> but I do, because I, I felt laughed out last year because it seemed like there were cool people, like Felicia Day was there, and all the, like, and then a lot of people that I knew were just writing on the Facebook, like, oh, we're at Dragon Con. I was like, oh, man, really? Well, all of a sudden, <laughs> people are there. there. Well, I, think, I know. Yeah, because last year you were doing all this whinging about, I'm not going to Dragon Con this year. It's always crap. And then you were like, oh, why aren't I there? Well, well it, yeah. It, and then the year I go, like it's like 85 you know, bucks they're, they're for getting early away admission. The, this whole like weird vampire period thing has sort of ran its course. And 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 also, I've noticed that like a lot of like a lot of people like Felicia Day or, or Veronica Belmont, who's a tech writer and tech person that I, I like to follow. And that she was there and it just you know it seems like a better caliber of crowd who's there now why don't they have these things for literary people like me they I'd like to go along to something like this and meet like Stephen Fry and people like that I'm sure like They're smart people they have book festivals in Savannah I'm not but in Savannah I've been wanting to go they have writers conferences for people for things like that I've been wanting to go with yeah one, but a writers conference I want it I want it to be to have all the fun of something like a con, but to <laughs> not be very... like all pretentious, like well, you know? see, conventions used to, and I'm sure still do, bring in like genre authors and stuff too. Like that's one thing about like that I like Maybe about I stuff like Dragon Con is that they just pander to as many different groups as they can. That's why they fill up because there's no there's no focus. That's why there's always some guy there trying to show me pornography. Well, not as much as used to. Yeah. Kind of, kind you want to see what I have in my little box, little lady? Go away. Con, you mean? Yeah, you're just or, or talking or about the guests con. now. <laughs> on one of mine, con. You're just talking about people who go. Yeah, that doesn't seem to There's be. There's a big trench coat crowd going to these things. Maybe, well, Dragon, maybe I'll Dragon get more of that because that I wear pink too. hair. But Dragon went through that period too. But last time I was there, it didn't seem like it was that bad. Yeah, maybe nobody was showing it to you. Well, maybe. Uh, maybe you know, just don't look like. Maybe the I look old and married and give don't give anymore. Or maybe it's really girls they're trying to get to look at their porn. And you're not hitting yeah, that demographic. Yeah, maybe. You don't have boobs. Uh, it was fun. The last season that I saw of the Guild actually took place all at a con. It was it was funny. So they got as many little cameos. That show's really come a long way because they had all kinds of cameos. Kevin Kevin Sorbo was on it. Will Wheaton's on it all the time. He is milking it because he's also well, on Big Bang Theory. Well, now that she's hooked up with Joss Whedon, she's famous, and you know. Well, she, that's where she got. She sort of got that known that she's way. She's internet famous. But she's on Supernatural, isn't she? She was on an episode of Supernatural. I saw her as a super hacker nerd girl. But she's oh, definitely she, she was she did a long arc on Eureka. She's she's definitely a, a nerd darling now. So that's a good place for her to yeah. be. She did a she she wrote a, a, an internet serial for Dragon Age, which I guess is a. a a video game where she played like some kind of elf warrior. It's like I got that, but it wasn't wasn't the same to me. I got it because she's in it, but she also wrote it, and I really like her writing. But you could tell that was really more just because she's into that sort of thing. 
bit of a fanfic more than anything. <laughs> Almost, yeah. But when you're at her level, you get to write fanfic, and it's out there. And, people and read it's it. like yeah. you, it actually becomes part of the thing. That's the fun of well, it. Well, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with fanfic. Well, no, that's basically how the the guild got started is her doing. Because really the guild is very similar to what Joss Whedon was trying to do with Dr. Horrible, except she wasn't famous, so it stayed at that lower level. <laughs> like it but it but it's wild, wildly successful for, for an internet series. And they got like DVD sets and stuff. So she's done real well and sort of has always kind of deflected any attempt to bring it more into a mainstream like she likes it as being that 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 small kind of and she's getting work in mainstream stuff that's mainstream enough to keep a person paid you know i see her in the occasional sears commercial or something like that (laughs) well as far as everything else is concerned she's living the dream Mm -hmm. so i really appreciate that good for her damn boy dude she is. Fangirl dream. Of course, she's more of a gamer geek. That's her niche. That's what she yeah, likes. Yeah, she is. Which is clear in the song. guild. That's what she's about. That song about getting with a country boy. Gamer girl and country boy. She's all dressed <laughs> up in funny stuff. You seen that one? No. So did you watch... We were talking about watching The Moth Diaries. Did you watch that movie? Me? Yeah, you you don't want to brought it up before. Of course I, mean, I watched it. I now. was the one who said I watched the Moth Diaries. I want to talk about it on the show. Okay. I, I remember you said something about it. it. I watched it. I watched it. I didn't watch it. What did you think? Very disappointing. Like, it, on yeah. a certain level. It's actually That's kind of why it, I wanted to talk for about the it. The story it was trying to tell is 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 okay. It's it, it's a good it's a good movie, but yeah, you going into this movie thinking it's like, "Hmm, lesbian schoolgirls." <laughs> How could like they go wrong? It's like thing. Lily Cole is in it, and you're just like, oh, all right. But but none of that. Not a, not a bit of that. There to be, I mean, that. even Carmela was saucier than than this movie, and Carmela is like you know 200 years old. <laughs> but but it's oh. it's sort of basing the story on Carmela a little bit. It's that same kind of It's a little bit based concept. on Carmela. It's a little bit like if we want to set up the movie, they're, they're at this um, girls' school and they get this new young male teacher yeah. who starts teaching them about gothic horror and then one of the girls starts to, well, whether it's real or whether it's imagined, it's a bit ambiguous. She starts to imagine that her best friend has got a new friend who's vampire well they never say the word vampire but she burns her at the end so oh yeah there, there's a sort of element to it that i like because the there's there's an argument that the entire movie is in her imagination because yeah, it is sort of this it is sort of like this thing she plays out in her head about and it's really just a metaphor for an angsty young girl feeling like her whole world yeah. is falling apart mostly because her friends are leaving school is what happens throughout the thing most of them don't get killed or something it's for whatever reason they end up leaving school and it's yeah it's like a real adolescent anxiety it never really felt that i think um well i wanted to talk about it because it's an interesting example of gothic horror no one's trying to do this sort of it's very old school straight down the line gothic horror we were ticking off the boxes pretty young people gothic setting the cinematography is pretty good you know, you've, you've got the really happy situation and then this scary stranger comes in and messes everything up and there's blood and there's, there's a little bit of sex, a very little bit of sex. And 
it's more it's like of, a suggested it's got all these boxes like ticked off. It's like a paint by numbers. It's like a paint by numbers sort of gothic horror thing, and I thought it was interesting for that, but it never got scary, and that's where it was lacking massively. No, it, didn't it have only a heart, had really, one scene. There was a couple of moments that I thought kind of worked. Then one was where they're climbing out the window because they're going to go spy on her, and then suddenly they see her just sort of walking down, like she walking walks through the window. along the windowsill, and then walks through the glass of her window and they're like holy hell did you just see that like they're both like like oh yeah that happened and then there was a good scene where she confronts her where she's like got a creepy song that she sings and stuff and and that's a good moment but the whole thing does have a cool kind of dream quality to it because there it's not really very realistic because everywhere she turns there's a reason like she goes to the the Scott Speedman or whatever is their teacher. Oh, his character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he always plays like a real shit. That's a, that's sort of his wheelhouse. Well, it's really now. funny because being teachers ourselves, Ben and I were watching it, and he's just like you know grabbing her hand and stuff. And we're like, don't do that. And he's like, let's go talk in this secluded corner in my car. And we're like, don't do that. <laughs> and even yeah, the head so you know it's going to get wrong. The headmistress catches them just talking alone in the room, and just the way they're standing next to each other, she's like, "Uh, you better come out of that room, miss." Yeah, and he looks all guilty <laughs> even then. And then at some point, she and comes then, out and says, "There's a vampire," and he's like, "Well, maybe we should just make out." <laughs> it's like, yeah. so there is. It's but it comes off as surreal because at that point, it doesn't. It it sort of starts feeling like it's this dark fantasy, like it's well, this you nightmare kind of don't scenario. know, like it did. Did he actually make out with her? Is something that something she's made up? Because he never, he never mentioned that again. It just sort of disappears, and it's almost gothic. You know, it's almost Victorian in the way that he's trying to cure her hysteria by sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Little lady, you ain't getting enough orgasm. That's the whole problem. <laughs> he just like grabs her and starts undoing Isn't her that shirt. The problem with That's what most of the world. Does. It's a problem with this movie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it promised, but it didn't deliver enough on the lesbians. Yeah, exactly. We thought it was going to go in that direction. So, like, so towards the end of the movie, she hears noises from her because her best friend's living, like, next door and they've got doors that can open between their rooms. She she hears vo- noises and she opens the door and she sees them in a compromising position and just shuts the door immediately. And you're like, what? It's well told in that that's not what they're getting at. So they, they do a yeah. good job of making a real movie out of it, but it, everyone comes away annoyed. Like if you Especially read you reviews of the movie, people are like, bah, this is no good. It's like you can see there's just yeah. a, bunch of, a bunch of sexual frustration in these reviews. No <laughs> one's looking at it as a movie. It's like, no, like, one well, got we had naked that one little anything. tease of that sex scene. But right. I did like that they made it ambiguous whether or not those were two just teenage girls who were just lovers or whether she was actually vampire. Or whether because that other girl usually, was even there at all. Yeah. Like, well, usually they'd if... have that scene and they'd have dripping blood everywhere and you'd be like, oh, yeah, she's a vampire. But there wasn't any dripping blood. She was just sort of kissing at her neck. So you're like, is she – are they just kissing? Or is, is there something else going on here or what? And they, you never really know. It's a pretty know, good classical end, kind just, of story. Just, in the end, she just, you know, finds her and burns her alive and she just screams and, you know, burns. And she doesn't look like a vampire going up in smoke. That's one of the things I liked. She burned. Like her skin got all burny and stuff. And you thought, well, was she actually a vampire or did – did well, she, she just, just burn another teenage set a girl? girl on fire. But I, it, <laughs> and that's one well. thing we never know at the end of the movie. So there's the whole movie, everyone. Mm. <laughs> and then she said someone on fire. There, there, well, that's the thing. It had some interesting gothic points, and I see what it was trying to do. It just 
it just missed them somehow. It, it tried to bring too much in, too many themes that it just never quite got to. The first act was actually quite good, the build-up sort of the friends and the who's this mysterious stranger, and the second act gets really long and nothing happens, and then it sort of ends, and you're well, like, oh, I was waiting again, for all those cool things. Carmela is a very short story. A lot of these ideas come from stories that didn't have to milk the concept for very long. That's yeah. sort of the problem with a lot of movies well, is you, you start good because, with an interesting you know, idea. Carmela set at a time where if someone said, that lady's a vampire, people would go, grab your pitchforks. You know? So it's a little bit different because it, it can get away with that ending where they just yeah, go after Yeah, it is set at a time her. where if they said that lady's lesbian, they would have grabbed their pitchforks. <laughs> <laughs> so it that's is true. interesting to see that that's still sort of shocking. Like, that, yeah. that's still something you can use to draw people into a, a story as being saucy. It's like the same exact... That, that was one of the funny things, because at the real, at the right at the beginning of the film, there's this Asian girl, and all the girls are sitting in the room talking, and they're saying, they're talking about how much sex they had over the summer. Because, <laughs> you know, these are teenage girls. We want to talk about them having that's sex. That's what girls talk about. Because yeah. they have lots and yeah. lots of sex. And and the, one of the girls, the, t- the Asian girl goes, I had lots of sex over the summer. And they say, other girls don't count. So, like, it's strongly implying that she's a lesbian herself. And then later on, she's like, oh, the dykes who run this place. The same character is calling the teachers dykes. And I'm like, what? I think it was that sort of thing. They couldn't quite get down what sort of tone they were trying to do. Is she, you know, what's going on there? They were implying something and then they're, like, not implying it. And, yeah, I don't know. It was confusing like that. Oh, no. Had some issues. It, I, I was just disappointed because I, I thought it, it there were so many good aspects of it. what I put it in my Netflix queue for. <laughs> there were a lot of good people in it. I mean, I I think they made it work pretty well. But yeah, that it is overly sublime in a lot of ways as far as not a whole lot really goes down in the movie. Yeah. And there was some nice... Um, I thought it was very pretty. The movie was very pretty. Mm-hmm. And the, the scene where the her best friend eventually dies is interesting because she just floats off into the air and turns into a bunch of butterflies well her friend is named lucy so that's like that's not a throwback yeah. to carmella well, that that's was one that was one scene that really annoyed me you know the scene where she's talking with the teacher about it she's like oh why would she do this and why would she do that and then she accidentally uses she's talking about carmella but she accidentally uses the name lucy and he's baffled completely like why would you say the word lucy here and she's like oh i just got it mixed up uh, whoever's in the story <laughs> If you were a teacher teaching a gothic class to a bunch of kids and you're teaching them all these gothic texts and someone said Lucy in a discussion, you would assume they're talking about Dracula. Yeah, because it's pretty much the same scenario playing out with that same character. But instead, they haven't established that within the framework of this story, so they act like it doesn't, it, that it's not there at all. It's like, Lucy, who's that? Because I thought there was more similarities with Dracula as well. Well, again, because they're having to drag it out longer, they they have to draw some, from other source material. Yeah, it could have done a lot. It could have done a lot as a movie. It just, just never quite got there. And I think that's why everyone's reviewing it so terribly badly. Not that it was a terrible movie. I've seen far worse films and far worse attempts at horror, but it just had so much potential that it never quite realized. And that's what you said. It's a frustration thing. Yeah, but I think it's a different kind of frustration going on there. I think as far as a modern movie doing a vampire story, though, it's closer to the mark of the classical idea. Of, yeah. And, you know, the fact that it's even drawing from, from sources that far back. 
that predate. Yeah, well, I, like I mean, that they about tell it, you in the movie just to pat Carmella themselves on the back that Carmella predates. <laughs> yeah, it definitely predates Twilight, but that it predates. Well, she's Dracula. confusing. They never said she was a vampire as such because you know she's wandering around during the day and that sort of thing. So she's not the the vampire as we know them, and she's wandering through mm-hmm. walls and. That but sort again, of because that's more the classical root of. I mean, the classical vampires that were just sort of ghosty figures. But I like picking Lily Cole was a good choice because uh, she's got. A, she's kind of weird looking. She's anyway. beautiful, but but she has a real alien sort of countenance. Like their her eyes features are, so are symmetrical, but not really matching up to anyone else's features. <laughs> and so, she's tall and dark and beautiful, and it really that works. And she's a great pick. As the main a character is a little boring though. The main character is is just a very pretty. And. Yeah. Uh, She's a she played Sleeping Beauty in that Once Upon a Time show. Oh, did so she? that's something she was in. <laughs> I'm still here. Oh hi, Greg. What do you think about Gothic Horror? I'm gonna keep that as a soundbite. <laughs> Just play it periodically. I saw Seven Psychopaths. Have you seen that show? See what? That movie? Seven Psychopaths. No, it looks hilarious. No. Though. I'd like to see it. It's got some really good moments, and it's got some great people in it. It's an interesting sort of movie. They can't. They keep going back and forth between being sort of just a shoot 'em up and like a real movie, or and there's a, a sort of meta level to it that they tried to pull off. But but all in all, it, it's a fun movie to watch. What are all movies these days have to be meta? That was that was one of the things. I don't know. That, that went out with They're the nineties. Like, we're gonna have we're gonna have a gothic movie, but we have to have a teacher here spelling out what is gothic in case you don't realize while we're watching the movie. That's the problem Why with exposition in every story. That you have to. It's like at one point you want us to think you're smart, but at the other end you're going to to explain to us why you want us to think you're smart. Like Not so, very you don't think we in some are. Cases. Like, Look at us, we're doing Carmela, and you know, because we're talking because, about Carmela. Because really, these days, it doesn't take much to, to show off how smart you are. Because, you know, people are generally, you know, put a guy in a jacket with generally some, uh, you know, patches on it, and he's smart. Well, <laughs> the thing is that, it, I don't know, that, that exposition, if you think that exposition is necessary, then you're probably trying to appeal to the wrong audience anyway. It's not even just exposition. These days, it's it's not exposition of plot. It's exposition of themes. And like, this movie is going to be about this, all right? So watch for this. Yeah, it's, this is what it's we're doing. It's an internal narrative to actually explain to people what they're supposed to take away like from watching the movie. Like, it's not even like telling you the background of the characters or whatever. It's like they want to make sure that you walk out with the appropriate lesson. So they just put it into the verbiage of the script. It's like when people stop and, and monologue about something, you know, like, and this is why I think that this and this is bad and this is good. I was just thinking about that today you know, in the, the Lady in the Water where one of the characters yeah. who obviously is not a good guy is a movie critic. And they spend all this time <laughs> with him saying dumb things about movies and everyone's correcting him because everyone understands movies better than a movie critic because movie critics are stupid because they don't like things. Well, that's a, so that's it's a like Shyamalan sad. thing. Yeah, oh, it's such like, a sad little crybaby tantrum that he throws through through the dialogue of that script. That's terrible. Shyamalan did that in... Uh, and then the one good guy. Uh, what's that movie uh, that Bruce Willis is in? I forget it. Uh, the Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. Or, uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable, yeah. But then he goes through a whole, like, 
explainer about comic books and that kind of thing. But exposition at some point, like especially in, in Unbreakable, he's trying to explain why comic books are valuable as mythology. I can let let that pass, but but he puts a character who's a movie critic in the movie just so he can say dumb things and get eaten by a, a wolf. That's that's almost almost more subtle than him just having a character who goes movie critics are dumb because of this. That's the way that it seems to be in movies these days, where they just they just have the characters say stuff that's just you know. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you something because I'm I'm the author and I want you to know. I think movie critics are dumb, so I'm going to have the character you like say, "Movie critics are dumb," just so that you'll think that. Yeah, it, but it plays out that way anyhow because they're just yeah. they're they're using the the ways. movie as a pulpit. They're move they're using the fact that they have your ear, and but they don't have but. It's cowardly because you're not going to say it as yourself. You're creating a world where everyone thinks that. But if you do it well in the storytelling and in the plot, how it unfolds and in the characters, well, subtly, you can do that. You can say you can have messages and movies without smashing the audience over just, their head with them with a sledgehammer. Just make a movie that doesn't suck, and the critics won't be mean about it. <laughs> it's like you're mad at them because they didn't like the village. That's your fault because the village was crappy. It's like Uber Ball. I have to punch everyone who doesn't like yeah, my movies. I'll box like, You'll my have to critics. punch the whole it's world. Like, Nobody said you can't box. We said you can't direct. <laughs> you can beat my face movies, all day seriously. long. It doesn't make you a better filmmaker. <laughs> it's like at the end of this so fight, I may this- not be a boxer, but I'll still be right. And then he actually boxed them. He actually punched the shit out he of those people. He beat the fool out of these guys. Yeah, so, yeah, an angry German. There's probably Don't a lot of directors him. who've wanted to do that. But, you know, they sort of they German, understand yeah. movie critics are going to be there, so. Well, that's what I mean. You, you don't know? have to love your critics, but you'd be better off if you did. Because, first of all, criticism makes you better. And second, if you listen it's to it. petty to hate critics, even if they're assholes about it, even if they're wrong. It's petty to hate your critics, and it's nothing's pettier than actually using the microphone that you have when you're writing a movie to explain to audiences why they're mean if they don't like your work. The Kevin Smith formula. He's very, uh, yeah. very much like that. Well, he likes to communicate through that, but well, I'll give Kevin Smith that he's so vocal anyway that you get that the movies you're not being fooled by the characters you can tell it's like it's like a puppet show where there's not even a curtain covering the puppeteer it's just a guy with hand puppets and you see his mouth moving and everything i see your mouth moving oh. you were yeah. supposed to yeah. i saw the born legacy meta. have you seen that that new born no. movie no. no one's seen that <laughs> i don't really go to movies much Go to movies. I got it on DVD. I got Netflix. I don't go to movies Good as much you. as. Well, you can. What about Looper? Have you seen Looper? I saw Looper in the theater. Yeah. No. What about you, Greg? Have you Lincoln. seen Looper? No. That's no. not the same movie. It might start with the same letter, but it's not the same movie. Oh. At least you did see Lincoln. That's a movie, <laughs> and not a kids' movie either. So no. good for you. <laughs> Greg's watching something that's not a kids' movie, but it is educational. So, uh, it is. I'd like to educational. see Lincoln. Yes. Is is it any good? It's good, but it's not. It's not an action flick to be sure. It, I mean, it's. Well, uh, I didn't it really that. gets into the well, politics of of. 
It's not Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah. Let's hope not. That was the worst movie ever. But you kind of go into it expecting, because it is set in the American Civil War period, that you do, that you might see some battles. It's going to be like a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, but, uh, but, uh, no, it, it, I mean, it pretty much takes place. Yeah, it turns out Lincoln didn't fight in very many of those battles. Well, I know, but you, you know, you might see something there once in a while. But, you know, because you kind of, you know, some filmmakers would throw that in to, uh, to just, uh, to throw it in so to, to improve the pace of the movie well at the this, theater there's like a big john woo style shootout at the very end but uh this but is lincoln when lincoln is, is going through the front door if you if you want to learn how government you know kind of works i mean it's a good movie to watch it looks like a really good movie yeah because it really gets into it. the deal making and the patronage and all that kind of stuff that goes on and getting something Past the wall. Did you ever see that John Adams miniseries when they did that with Paul Giamatti? Yeah, I did. It was yeah. That was that good. was a real interesting because it was like that where you just see how many how many deals they have to make to keep people at the table where they're trying to form this nation. Well, yeah, it's like that's I guess really how some of the you know what we call pork happens is like you have to get make these special concessions to people and give them these ridiculous things to to get what you want passed. Wait, what do you call it? Pork. Pork. You, you Americans are... Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that term before well, used in that context. No, well, you know what, I'm, you know what we're talking <laughs> about, right? We call right? it a bucket of boomerangs over in Australia. <laughs> what do you guys call it? Our politicians aren't porking in our, politi- in our parliament. Say what <laughs> Pork Politicians aren't doing no porking in our parliament. <laughs> oh, so you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing we got on you. <laughs> well, we, we don't call that porking. We got another name for that. We got all kinds of names. But uh, no, pork is like you, and you your know weird names for things. It's a like a special project, you know, a senator's pet project that really doesn't have a whole lot of use in the great scheme of things. But it, you know. Oh no! All our politicians are useful over here. Oh right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I nice. I like Bob Catter because he just has a really big hat and he's a complete redneck. But unlike all the other politicians, he just says whatever because well, he's pretty much the equivalent of someone from the deep south, over where you are. <laughs> and he's just just like I wouldn't let my kids be taught. Well, he doesn't speak with an American accent, but he's like I wouldn't let my kids be taught by someone who's gay. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, politicians aren't meant to say that sort of thing. But it's kind of refreshing when they do, even if it's so wrong. <laughs> but he doesn't do any porking. We live in the deep south. So. We do. We live pretty deep in the south. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know how, you know, the the image of the deep south person, probably more like Texas. Yeah, yeah Texas. The big hat. Just sounds we like do a Texas know that, but we get that image, too. Yeah. He's from Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> Queensland is that your Texas I guess uh, we don't really have a Texas it's just sort of more when you go in <laughs> from the coast to where the farmers are well we do have Tasmania <laughs> well that's where all the inbreds live <laughs> where Albert Einstein is from yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do before he that. met Marie Curie who strangely had her married yeah, before name. Before I met Mary Curie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before she got married. Mary. 
<laughs> Mary. That's an awesome movie. <laughs> Mary Curie. Mary Curie. That is a good movie. <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? You, was he around? Yahoo Serious? Yeah. I don't know. Who, I who seen knew him. he wasn't in for the long haul? He made like three movies at least and then disappeared. Because <laughs> I saw He's at least bad. one more movie that he, I never saw it, but I saw that he did at least one more movie and then disappeared. <laughs> well, what but, was the other movie? This is called Reckless Kelly, but I never saw it. Oh, Reckless Kelly was the one I was thinking of. What? There's the Young Einstein, Reckless Kelly, and what's the other one? Where he's like an outlaw or something. That's two. Yeah, I never so you saw. Said there was three movies. I, I said that, and then I tried to think of the third one, and I was like, no, I guess there's two. <laughs> no, there's two. There's just Young Einstein and Reckless <laughs> Kelly. Just, Reckless Kelly's really funny because he's Ned Kelly, except. I don't know why he uses the armor because in the movie he's actually bulletproof. The character gets shot all the time and he just sort of pops them out and goes, ah, got one in my ribs this time. You know, he, he's actually bulletproof already. That's weird. I guess I was thinking <laughs> of at- Paul Hogan. He had three different movies. If, if you count Crocodile as one, he had like two other things that he made movies out of. He's a bit different though. They were? What, what were the they, other Yeah, he things? is different. The They're just both Australians. Me. <laughs> he oh, was I the got other Australian. They're both Australians, even though they're completely different personalities. Well, what's <laughs> funny is they both they both hit the scene here in America at about the same time. I think it was like in the summer of '87 that both of them hit the the the, the Crocodile Dundee and uh, and uh, Young Einstein came. So there was like this this weird influx where everyone just thought, oh, everything from Australia is awesome for like six months, and then just didn't anymore. <laughs> and then probably someone did a little research and was like, "Oh, Australia is not at all like that." Well, Paul Hogan, Paul Hogan hung on there for a while. He yeah, he did do a few other movies. He, he made did... three Crocodile Dundee movies and something. He was actually yeah. a pretty good comedian over here. He was a, a long running comedian over here. Well, he had well, a, like a TV show. Sort of like yeah, well, I, I used to watch his uh, his TV show. It used to come on uh, our public television. Here, yeah, and uh, it was pretty funny stuff. I wasn't allowed to watch his movies because he had an affair <laughs> with his co-star, so mum didn't want us watching the movies because, I don't know, we'd get the bad vibes. My mom did. I don't know. My parents do that. What's up with that? It's like, you know, we, yeah, we don't like, want you watching oh, that, this that, movie with Tom Cruise because he's a Scientologist. I'm like, it doesn't mean it's going to make me a Scientologist. <laughs> what you should not watch is that Scientology movie that I just want, what's his I want face Tom made. Cruise movie because Tom Cruise sucks these days. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I like that. Apart last when he's doing comedies, I thought that Mission Impossible was funny. Really? Yeah, I didn't was it wasn't funny. Too. It was good. I kind of like that Jack Reacher movie. It was like about it. kind of cool. It looks like a fun kind of action movie. I like. One thing that annoys me is I like seeing all these action movies coming out, but they always come out at weird times. Like, it was February, and you have, like, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Bruce Willis all have a movie out. It's like, remember when these used to be summer movies? Yeah. And now it's, like, February? <laughs> like, the, the, they're, like, a month. new Die Hard movie, and the first time I ever saw the trailer was, like, a month before it came out. I was like, I've never even heard of this. And now it's already almost gone. It's like We haven't even got it here yet. Well, I I would like to see it. I really enjoyed the fourth Die Hard. But I think we're getting but Iron Man before you guys. We should do a Die Hard re- retrospective after this fifth one. I don't know. I've never been able to get through the first movie. <sighs> oh, really? Well, you could sit that I just one keep out. shouting at him. I'm too... The first <laughs> movie? I'm just too logical. I'm just like, what are you doing that for? 
know. Set out the first one? You can't set out if the you first can't, one. Yeah, if you can't make it to the first one, then you might as well give it yeah, up. Yeah, that's exactly why awesome. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do the whole retrospective because I can't I actually watch the like first the second one. I just get annoyed. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the second one. A lot yeah. of people like like the second one was a misfire and the third one was awesome, but I think the opposite. I think yeah, that the I, second I one was awesome and the third one where they're just like strapped to a giant bomb is like the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the second one. That's in some ways better than the first one. Yeah, I think the first one is going to be hard to top, but there is a lot of cool stuff in the second one. I think they had a cool story. I think they had a cool like setting i think that whole you know you know when you see these action scenes all playing out in an airport there, there's a lot of fun stuff in there mm-hmm. like i really enjoyed just diverted to a Die different Hard airport too. jesus well see they lose communication yeah, the whole, you, there's like they, a whole they, they convoluted reason why yeah but yeah, why yeah. they can't like send somebody up in like a helicopter or something well you know? yeah because it's mean, hours they, they could have figured it out they could have done it dealt with it quicker than they did but but they, but they do a fairly good job of covering the Well, you know, if you that. lose communication with one particular airport, the airplane would just go to a different one. It's not well, like they're a long way away. It's weird because they don't know because the, the bad guys take over and pretend to be the tower. So they're just kind of like just dragging it out, making it think like, oh, well, we got weather and stuff going on. Hold on, just circle for a couple more hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> guys, I'm not sure, but this is this seems stupid. Should you didn't call sign another like airport? Barry. Like, because you could have called. What happened to Barry? The, the nearest airport and said, guess what? Terrorists took over our airport, you know? So once you call them on one of their plane phones, which he has at the beginning, he calls her on the phone because the plane has a phone. Why can't we just call them on their plane phone? See, this is why I can't watch the movies because I always just like, why can't you just call them on that phone? Uh, you just kind of have to forget that stuff for a little while when it comes yeah, to Yeah, I, I don't do that. You have to buy the premise. It's like saying, Lynn, stop being Lynn. To watch this it's, movie. Action movies <laughs> are so the opposite because almost anything else you're supposed to buy the premise first. But in action movies, you just have to say whatever the premise is, we have to buy into it immediately because we want to see there the are action. There's something I can watch. In, there, in real there life, there are enjoy, very few situations but... where you just go shooting at each other for no reason. <laughs> like, really. So, are you telling me that if if I pulled the gas cap off of an airplane, that it would spray fuel out to the point? Yeah, I mean, in such volume that I could light it with a cigarette lighter, and a plume of flame would shoot up it, and the plane would explode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's the All funny right. thing. Okay. I, I mean, if that, if you say so. I actually, in I actually enjoy so like 2012 the movie I loved, and it was just it made no sense, and I was just laughing at it. It's like, look at this bad science, angry neutrinos, whatever. Yeah, well. <laughs> I liked it. So, I like it if it's that ridiculous. What I love is like that's not the, even the most ridiculous stuff. It's like, like oh, the world's gonna end. Let's steal all the world's art and put it on a giant boat. And if anyone finds out, we'll murder them. It's like I don't think we're setting the proper priority here. Do you think? What if, what if anyone finds out, we stick them on the boat too? What movie? Obviously, they're smarter than everyone else. What are we talking about? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. The movie. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. the curator it, it of the Louvre sense. is on to him and they have to murder him. It's like, we are really wasting a lot of time when saving humanity should be our goal. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. 2012 was a good example. Like, now there's Obama, so there's like a historical precedent. And it happened during 2012. But we were talking the other day. It's like, why is it every time someone makes a movie about the world ending, there's like a black president? 
Like, they don't do it in other movies. But if the world has fallen to pieces, it's like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> are you insinuating something? The world has fallen to pieces. We want a black guy now. Uh, according, according to yeah, Facebook, it, there's a lot of people who really think that. So. Sounds like, well, you remember, like, in Chappelle's show, it's like he was doing the deep impact thing, and it was exa- like the headline was, e- Meteor Hitting Earth, Black President's Fault? <laughs> it's like, it sort of is like that's subtly what you guys are suggesting is that every time the world is going to angry it's because you got a black president following the election of a black president and and the, the fact that god would end the world or whatever angry forces there is would end the world because there's one country that has a, you know there's lots of countries around the world that have black presidents <laughs> yeah, exactly. you don't count. but if it's america America don't like them black yeah, presidents. God you know? does everything based on what happens in America. He's only got one channel on his set. Because <laughs> really, if there was a nation that was going to build these really expensive boats in Tibet, it would be China, not America, doing it because they've got the money to do it. You guys so don't dying. even understand the concept of the giant boats. It's about the dumbest idea. Like an like a it's fleet of about smaller boat boats would have been boat. easier to do and probably work better. Well, apparently not, everybody. because apparently the, this whatever phenomena that was going on was powerful enough to send a aircraft carrier flipping into Washington. So maybe the big boats need to be built. A little boat can flip and come back up. I don't see an aircraft carrier doing that. Why didn't they use submarines? Yes, exactly. Submarines, <laughs> yeah. That Why not use submarines? Because then they can go underwater and everyone's happy. But this idea of these huge boats is like, God. This movie just completely. I came think they off just the wanted rails. it to be like a big cruise ship, you know, because at the end, that's what that's what it is. You know, they they, what they wanted like, is for us to think. It's a great day outside today. <laughs> they wanted us to think it was spaceships, and then the big yeah, twist is like, no, it's just ships. big ship ships. It's yeah. like, oh, that's a letdown. They're just normal ships. And now the next hour of the movie will be us stuck in the gears of that door of one of them. <laughs> like this is really to have. And I guess the by the rest of it, it was so was so quick at the beginning, and now. But as long as the dog survives. Yeah, that's sort of like Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. That's sort of their handshake deal. No matter what we do, the dog lives. The dog, dog lives, survives. Yeah. But like I, an Independence Day where he's like jumping out of a big they fireball. They know their audience really well because you really do want that dog to survive. In, both, in that and the Independence Day, you like, oh, don't hurt the dog. It's like millions of people are burning. But, you know, you'd be sad if the dog died. <laughs> Well, it's just the, the thing. It's true. We're but sort of in 20, desensitized in 2012, to though, it characters. got too bad because, like the like the like the fiance oh, who could fly dog. the planes, he dies. The the guy, the the boy who helps him get on the boat and like gets his family on the boat, he dies. I mean, like, all these people, that, you know, are somewhat redeemable. Die, but John well, Cusack and Amanda it, Pete it, live. And then, of course, <laughs> because so so I can get back together with my wife. Everyone else in our lives should die. And that's the happy ending. Like those guys just don't. Well, seem the happy to ending is the girl stops wetting her pants. Everybody has to die so she can stop wetting her pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why you can't get like hypnotized or something. I don't know why that's the only aspirin for that malady. It is kind of funny on on the day of the apocalypse. You know, uh, somebody put a note on my Facebook and said, "I don't believe in this 2012 stuff, but I did just see John Cusack drive by in the limousine with my doors." <laughs> What's funny is, not very long after 2012, all of a sudden, meteors are shooting out of the sky. Like, really? We made it just barely past. Yeah, it's Russia. That happens all the time. Why is Russia always getting hit by giant asteroids? Do you notice that? 
Because it's uh, maybe because it's such a landmass, like it's a lot of ground. The gravitational pull of the. That's probably what a scientist would say: is that mathematically, it's such a large area that that, that you know if, if if a meteor is going to hit, it's very like it's more likely to hit Russia than anywhere. Maybe I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, Australia is huge, but if a meteor hits here, nobody's going to notice because it's probably going to hit place where there's no one <laughs> in it. <laughs> they were showing the footage on the Daily Show where the Russians just hardly even care. <laughs> I know that was crazy. Like people reaction. just kept driving, and, and it's, like, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it's not even people intentionally filming it. They just have dashboard cams in Russia mm-hmm. to because they get attacked so often or defrauded so often that they have to have constant camera surveillance of themselves. <laughs> so no one even said, "Oh wow, a meteor!" and grabbed a camera. That didn't happen. They just happened to catch it because they were already Incidental filming footage. everything else, all their other craziness. That's hilarious to me. Russia's funny. I saw seeking yeah, but your if friend... the aliens try to take over Russia, they'll find out that you can't take over Russia. If, if meteors can't big. do it, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> I saw seeking a friend for the end of the world. Have you uh, anybody seen that movie? I've seen that one. Did you like it? With the Kira Knightley and the yeah, and, and Steve Carell. I enjoyed it. I, I thought <laughs> it was, it was fun. a fun little romp. It, it didn't I, bring I, I much, it was a real much good movie. new, but it was it was a fun little romp. I like the idea of a comedy set at the end of the world, and I like the idea that they didn't pull any punches as far as like the backdrop of what was going on. So it was just a fun look, and in some ways, I feel like that's more, a more realistic look at what would happen because most people are just kind of just doing their own thing, you know, like. Yeah, I like the one the place. That, who wants to be CEO of the company? Okay, nobody. <laughs> Okay. And, yeah, he keeps going to work. It's like that feels like that's what would happen. That sort of weird sense of denial. Go and probably she's like offended. Why should she, I go yeah, home? she thinks he's, she's being fired. It's like I fired. It's like no, just go home. And be oh whatever. <laughs> just come back next week. <laughs> and, uh, I like and, and and the different varieties of people. I like that. There's like that place where they're serving food and they're just like having an orgy. I know. It's like this crazy have some sort mud of... Slides. Want to have some they sex? go to like chilies or something and everyone's crazy and driven and stuff. But what I like about that is it's sort of a Mad Max element in that everything's out of control, but it, there's sort of a real life element to it where those that place was still open. They still worked there. They kept like some aspect of, of normalcy. <laughs> And I think well, people really would do that. the policeman who just arrests them for no reason. Yeah, he's like, he's just been doing that lately. Well, the, uh, I that's... like the bit where they just leave her boyfriend behind. Yeah, I like, like that. Like, just get in the car, we're going to go somewhere else. And he's just like, people rioting and that sort of thing, throwing Molotov cocktails and stuff. And they're just like, I'll leave him, we're going to go for a drive. Uh, that made more sense. It's like, he used you as a human shield. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they meet up with the people who've got the bunker and they're just completely sure that they're going to survive. They're like, oh no, we've got a bunker. It's got, you know, cement walls. We're going to survive the end of the world. Yeah, and they have it's like, like an army of smart cars. You do what happens when something that big hits the earth. It's, there's no earth left afterwards. That's, my favorite line is, he's like, you guys have a lot of guns and a lot of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just hanging out in someone's garage. It's sort of like those, those are like the real doomsday preppers because they're excited that it's finally happening, but you, in real life, they don't seem particularly prepared. Yeah, potato chips were going to last forever. <laughs> that was a fun movie and real sweet. I like Steve Carell a lot. I thought that it was a good movie. He's got a 
interesting oh, nice. looking I movie like coming out point. soon. Which uh, one? The one where he's a magician? Yeah, him and, and him Jim and Carrey. Jim Carrey. That looks like it'll be a fun matchup because oh. Jim Carrey is sort of like a David Blaine kind of stunt magician, <laughs> and like he's his rival. It's like that's like, it'll be good to see those guys square off. Is one of them going to make a deal with Tesla and start killing off their own clones? He wasn't particularly funny. Like uh, funny, he was funny. He wasn't particularly famous when they were like doing Bruce Almighty. That was he was still on his way yeah. up, and now they're like on equal footing. They're both famous. I saw Moonrise Kingdom. What's the new that? Wes Anderson movie? Anyone? Oh, that's a Bill Murray and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Francis McDormand. A lot of good people in that. that one, yeah. Yeah, they always have good Did people have in Wes Anderson movies. Doesn't have zombies. I probably haven't watched it. It does not have zombies. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It's good, though. All right, moving on. <laughs> this is why we don't have topics. I saw I saw Escape from Planet Earth. Now, what's, who's, that? what's that? It's an animated movie. Is it a kid's movie? Oh, Greg's watched a kid's, a kid's movie. movie yeah. okay. Good for you, Greg. I saw, it was a cute you movie. You want to talk about Wreck-It Ralph and Brave? I saw those. I saw Wreck-It Ralph and Brave. Brave won an Oscar. I didn't like Brave. I liked Brave. Won yeah, Brave won an Oscar, but I don't know why. I didn't like I it. I enjoyed it. I thought it, it wasn't was that good, was it? I thought, as as Pixar movies go, it's probably. I thought it was a beautiful one. movie. I thought that it was really pretty, but but the Sean, story is like fun redheads. too. But but I thought the story was cute too. No, it's really yeah, annoying because I, they're all like, "We have to reconnect the tapestry that was broken," and they're like, "The tapestry," yeah, and then it so was like, "It's not even was, that." To me, this sort of. And then there's a witch. To me the story in the was just not even strong. It. it I don't know. I, it, and I love my mom. I love my mom to eat potatoes. I thought it was sweet. Wreck-It Ralph was Wreck-It good. Ralph was really good. I enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph a lot. Yeah. And it's really funny. I heard good things. There's a lot of funny people in Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, and of course, I, you know, of course I love all the video games. Yeah, it's, it's got a, a lot of fun references to old school like arcade game <laughs> stuff. I love how we still games. call them video games. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny. Yeah. We but still say we're going to watch a video when we're going to go find a Blu-ray. That's, it'll take a long time, if ever, to sort of weed out that stuff. It's sort of like some the language still has some earlier words and references that, that go back to technology that's not in use anymore. But that's sort of where language comes from. I don't think when you say, I'm going to tape something, like that's going to go away. You know what I mean? Even though we don't put yeah. things on tape. And yeah, you know, watch a video. It's like, but yeah, it's true. It doesn't stop being true, but it's funny. Like everything is video now. Yeah. I, well, I get that a lot with video production people. You know, so can you come film this? You know, so, well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Videotape. All right, but well, see, I just you know, did it. I mean, record it to a, a flash card. But. I will record it digitally for you. <laughs> I will not film it. Yeah, I'll capture it. Just be a jerk. Yeah, but if, even if you say that to someone, you're digitally. like, Boy, you, you don't want to be that guy. You're just prick. <laughs> <laughs> stylist. You the barber? Stylist. TV8MyDinner.com is where you can listen to other episodes of TV at My Dinner. Forum.TV8MyDinner.com is the forum where you can come visit us or you can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Google+. Plus. My name is Sean. I'm Greg. I'm Lynn. 
Good night, everybody. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Dog Crazy. Dog Crazy.